0: Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry lauren also does a vidcast segment called night Collars, which features real encounters sent in by viewers you can find all of this and more at NightcallersProductions.com. welcome back to another episode of the bigfoot society podcast i have the pleasure of talking to my friend seth greedlove from small town monsters all about the 2022 kickstarter that's in effect right now So make sure you back that if you haven't gotten a chance to already. Uh, The link for that will be in the show notes of this episode. I talked to Seth all about the amazing content that's coming out this year. There's so much of it, and we talk about it in the main show, in the after show as well. Uh, You can catch that by subscribing to the Bigfoot Society Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. But again, just sit back, relax uh, as I talk to seth breedlove about the upcoming content for the 2022 year all right welcome back to the bigfoot society podcast we got mr seth breedlove with us back again your hair is looking good my dude how's it
1: great it's going great awesome Awesome. very sleepy in In all seriousness yesterday i was up at 1 a.m to start editing instagram reels because this is like okay All right. The the behind the scenes of STM is like we, everyone does everything. Heather and Courtney and Andy and Zach and Santino have been editing stuff for over a week and putting together our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram social media posts and all that kind of stuff. And I have to dive in and do that stuff as well. We're in the middle of editing together episode four of The Bigfoot project so as we prepare to launch this uh kickstarter where if it fails we are going to go under so it was a wild week every week i forget i was talking to shannon earlier today and she said she remembered five years ago me being in the same sort of absolute paranoid state all throughout the the process leading up to the launch of the kickstarter so nothing has changed
0: well the great news is that you had the kickstarter launch last night and yeah. you blew it out of the water in ninety minutes.
1: So here's <laughs>
0: congratulations. All right.
1: So here's <laughs> some behind the scenes with this Kickstarter. Is if we put down what we actually needed to make the movies, it would have been one for us to run the the production company we run. We legit need the production company budget, and that is well beyond okay. sixty thousand sure. dollars. Sixty grand will get us to the launching point that we need to be. But so. I'm not downplaying the fact that we hit that number I'm in absolute shock. I was talking to Mark Matsky an hour ago about it and I said I have never been stunned during an STM Kickstarter launch until now this is the point where I'm oh I'm yeah floored by the the response small- I
0: was gonna so- ask you what was your I was watching the live and what was your response mm-hmm. when you already have the same amount that we got last year pretty much
1: Just yeah like-
0: Boom, it happened.
1: That's what's wild. So, the night before, because I don't, the week of a Kickstarter launch with SDM, I don't sleep. I was up at 1 1 a.m. yesterday and started putting things together and and getting ready. On February 4th, 2021, we would have been at 43,549 by midnight with 194 backers. And by the same time, period last night it was at 70 something i don't i i actually don't know exactly what it was but it was well beyond that and at this point on february 5th of last year we we're at 50,000 with 281 backers and right now we're at wow like 400 400 something and it's it's almost doubled last year so. it's
0: amazing let's pause for a quick second and not <laughs> We shouldn't assume that every listener knows (laughs) who Seth Breedlove is, but maybe we should, but Mm -hmm. let's not assume. So in case you're listening to this and you're like, who's this Seth guy, who's small town monsters. I'm super confused right now. Then you got some movie watching to do. Seth Breedlove is an Ohio filmmaker best known for his production company, small town monsters, which uh, focuses on cryptids, monsters, legends, and the unknown throughout America. You may have heard him on his podcast, Monsteropolis, with his co-host mark matski it started out as a production company seth but it's a full-blown content making machine the stuff you guys are doing is intense
1: yeah yeah in the last behind the scenes sdm has always been like a very large group of people involved Mm -hmm. um that hasn't gone before the cameras until the last year, two years, maybe. Yeah. But I would say in the last years when it became obvious this is much more than Seth Breedlove. Hmm. Um, however, it has always been much more than Seth Breedlove. I've always said STM is far beyond me. Um but I would say at this point in time, especially with YouTube and what we're doing with YouTube, it's pretty obvious. STM is me, and it's Heather Mosier, and it's Andy Matsky and it's Mark, Mark Matske, and it's Courtney, and it's Santino Vitali, and it's Zach Palmisano, and it's Jason Utis, and it's Adam Dugan. And it's basically anyone that's involved in STM, I consider part of the family. And so for the last few years, it's been growing, but this year it really came into its own where I just, mm. I basically started taking the reins off and saying, do what you want with, oh, okay. with whatever your facet of STM is. Andy has been here since early summer of last year. We didn't know what to do with Andy because he's 18, 19 years old. When he came Is on board. only
0: that? He's that? He was a, that's he, he's a kid. Wow. He's a
1: kid. So like when he came on board, I just kind of told him to do what he wanted. And he okay. kind of like found his own facet to Small Town Monsters and made it his own. And that happens to be like the podcasting side of things. He films and edits Heather's show. And yep. then he films, films and edits Monsteropolis. And... Even the most recent episode was actually just him and his dad kind of chatting, yeah, was together, true. yeah. And then we're bringing on a new show called The Weird Side of Normal with, with my Adam. buddy yeah. Adam, yeah, and he'll run that. And Alex and Eli kind of do whatever they want with Beyond the Trail. <laughs> they do. And They're
0: good at it, and they they definitely do. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And about two months ago, I approached them and I was like, "Are you guys? What do you think about trying to go twice monthly?" with the show because they were already doing once a month episodes of beyond the trail and they were like well Mm -hmm. as as long as the money's there we're we're in and so we made sure the money was there and we basically bankroll uh them and make sure they can go where they want to go and make what they want to make and edit how they want to edit and uh, that's how that works so amazing there's a lot going on behind the scenes but the ultimate goal is that stm will be a fully functioning independent production company. We always have been. It's just that in terms of people who are owning what they were doing, that hasn't always been a thing. The fact is film production's great and it's very quote unquote sexy. <laughs> like pe- people think of film production as, oh, you're like a film director. And yeah, look like, like
0: Steven Spielberg. That's
1: like the romanticized version yeah. of what a film producer is versus what it actually is. There's no... This isn't in any way a sexy job, like you come into work. And yesterday I, was, I started working at 1 a.m. and I finished around 10, 10 p.m. last night. And that's not that abnormal, especially when you have companies like 1091 involved in your distribution where they're dictating what your that's release true. schedules are and yeah. like when you need to be putting stuff out. I wouldn't do anything else. Partially because I'm not capable of doing anything else. Like I'm not an intelligent person. I'm not a a smart person. I'm not a talented person. I can make movies and that's like it. And so this is it for me. If film production fell through, I would be hosed. I'd be going to a factory job at night.
0: I, I get it. But what you are doing is extremely valuable. I think in, especially in this time, some people can't leave their house and they need to experience like providing entertainment, a legitimate thing. Oh yeah, for sure. No, you know? I,
1: and I'm not, I wouldn't downplay what it is we do. What I'm, yeah. what I would, what I would say is that you have a, everyone has a God, this is going to go off down like a tangent, but like everyone has a path they're supposed to be on in life. And this I is hope. not, yeah, fueled. Let's,
0: let's go this for is, it, man. This is not
1: fueled <laughs> by my current state, but, okay. uh, everyone has a path they're supposed to be on in life and it can take a while for you to find that path so like i did medical billing for like 10 years or whatever before that i I did home repossession and landscaping and all that kind of stuff i didn't know that wow it took a long time for me to get to the point where i found filmmaking and at this point in my life there is nothing else i would be any good at doing you find your thing and once you find that thing, you better, you better darn well invest yourself in it to every fiber of your being. Because if you don't, that thing's gonna slip through your fingers and you'll be back to doing whatever it is you hated doing beforehand. End of the day, it's a family business, it is a, a very small production cool. company and, it, and it's run by multiple people. Behind the scenes, it, it is. Like one of my favorite things about watching SDM over the last few months is seeing Heather and Andy and all own their different roles within the company Mm. and start trying to like, what can we do to make this work? What can we do to push the Kickstarter? And I don't know. It's, we talk about it like it's a family and people think that's a, like a goofy, like branding thing, but it, it really isn't behind the scenes. What goes on here? at the offices is far beyond just let's make movies together. We're here together when family members die. That has been a thing wow. this year when we are dealing with serious life problems, we're together and it's unlike any job I've ever had or, or been a part of. And obviously some of that is going to be the fact that I'm the guy that's steering the ship, but I don't, I never think of it that way. STM functions In a weird way i'm sure if i wasn't here it would be it could keep uh, going yeah in in a way which is weird yeah yeah i think if i wasn't here tomorrow heather and andy and courtney and zach and Mm -hmm. alex and eli and mark they would find a way to keep it running whether i was here or not i'm happy about that it's a legacy what i keep saying is it's a legacy business Like my ultimate goal is that it's here for Tommy, my son, when he gets older. But I think beyond that, like it's going to be here for all the people who are a part of it right now. It's a legacy business for the people that are involved in it right this minute.
0: Do you ever uh, think or do you ever stop and look at the whole STM, the whole last year is what you've made and think, okay, kids growing up right now of a certain age, like. STM documentaries are there in search of Bigfoot or there this generation's monster quest or finding Bigfoot do you ever think like that or i could see how this could be the type of things that are turning the current generation onto cryptozoology
1: no i we've met kids who told us that adam dugan and i were at an event in kentucky back in october and this kid came yeah. up to our table and said he was a huge momo fan oh, yeah, that was dude, like what totally. got him into cryptid wow. uh, cryptids, and wanted a picture with us and it was this whole thing where he was talking to us about how that was like his introduction to the subject so it's definitely a thing awesome. end of the day we don't think about that stuff until way later mostly we're just trying to not go under on a On a day to day basis, and, and well, that's you know, and your souls
0: That's part of. So there's you're looking. I'm looking at it from outside the company, and I'm like, oh, you're just making movies. When you have a business or running a podcast, you are just you're trying to keep the business going as well. So that might sound like a super downer type statement. We're just trying to keep the business going, but at the end of it, any day, any content creator just is trying to keep their stuff going as well, which is, I'm going to segue into this. It's important. If you like the stuff that you consume, Holy mackerel to support it, which is why small town monster squad is amazing. And yeah, you know, I'm a yeah. huge fan of the 4k stuff as I always tweet. and
1: Yeah. No, episode. I mean our channel and member content is evolving too. Mm. Cause we're trying to, I don't know. We're trying to figure out how to work that and how it works. Cause like over the last year we've gone through a lot of changes behind the scenes. And we went from when squad started, it was all managed by Aaron and Aaron isn't a part of SDM anymore. Like he moves on to other things and that's as a business, that's, that's how things go. Sure. And it is a, yeah, behind the scenes, it probably seems much more focused or we, we know what we're doing. But on a day-to-day basis, we're figuring it out as we go, especially with the YouTube content. It's been, we put stuff out like Paranormal Unexplained and then we figure out if there's an audience for it. And we let it run its course and see if an audience wants it or not. And if it, we loved, like Paranormal Unexplained is a thing that we loved. Like genuinely behind the scenes, we really all loved that show but there was not an audience that was demanding the show. And we were putting together a very work-focused, intensive show that took a ton of time and effort yeah. on the part of Aaron and Cientino to put that show together. And then Heather and Andy and Courtney to be a part of it. It was a huge group of people that were involved in that show. And they were spending hours of multiple days per week putting the show together. They had a viewing audience of like 4,000 people and sure and and you're like okay the audience isn't there for it but the audience is there for stuff like bigfoot project and beyond the trail oh sure yeah the numbers
0: are intense if you look on uh youtube like mm-hmm. it's crazy
1: yeah like that are, are beyond happening. the trail has gone from the first episode of beyond the trail is approaching like 600,000 views yeah. or something like over yeah. it's over half a million but between that and then bigfoot project we never knew what to expect with Bigfoot project, because like I'm in the middle of editing episode four myself right now. Okay, The episode is about what it's actually like to be out in the woods looking for Bigfoot and how most of the time you're in that situation looking for something that most people don't think exists and nothing actually happens. And like, how do you keep yourself motivated and interested and involved in looking for evidence of something that doesn't actually want to be found. That's what episode 4 is all about. That's what I'm struggling with right now is like our YouTube audience, they want all that evidence stuff. Give us all the evidence. We want wood knocks yeah. and screams and th- rock throws and all that kind of stuff. And we've done all that. But there's the fact is if you're out in the same location repeatedly over the course of a year, which is our plan, that's not always going to happen. They might get and used so, to like, your presence is what you're saying. Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And and like right now with the leaf canopy being down, I just don't think they're in there. Like I think right. they're, I, I think they retreat further into the more rural areas outside of town. So we're filming in there and we're going, so we've, we filmed this episode four is Alex and myself in Minerva. We set up this faux camp and a campfire and we're down in the woods and we have Alex in like a tree stand. And it seems like it would be the perfect situation for something to happen. And that's what it's like looking for Bigfoot. Like you go into a, you go into Minerva. Most of my time there isn't spent with actual activity taking place. It's, it's doing all the boring kind of stuff that comes with going into an active like research area. And I want our audience to understand that. So episode four will be the, I think that'll be the make or break episode for Bigfoot project. Because it's the one where I'm, you know what? Honestly, I don't care right now if this thing makes a, a few thousand dollars or not. Like, I want our audience to understand every episode isn't going to be episode one, where we had like tree knocks and crazy footfalls and all that kind of stuff. Most of the time when we're out there, it's, sitting there waiting for something to happen, nothing happening. And, and it also like, it's a dangerous location. Like, okay, people, tell I, me I, how I, it's
0: dangerous. That's really curious to me. I don't think
1: people get that about because they think Ohio. You don't think, okay, like it's farmers' fields. What's the problem sure. there? Les Odell was in there with us for two days. Got this tick on his back that oh, ended wow. up. He ended up having to take pills and all this kind of stuff for it. Had to go to the doctor for it. In episode four, I was out in the woods right behind the cabin, like. Okay. 20, 20 yards from the cabin, taking a leak behind the outhouse because nice. you don't use the outhouse because the outhouse has been the door of the outhouse has been chewed off by raccoons and the raccoons. Oh, have been, classic! Yeah, they've gone into the toilet and they've drugged the the remnants of the toilet out of the anyway. You don't want to go in the wow. outhouse. So, you so I do was an episode
0: like, on the outhouse, dude. That uh, would you, be <laughs> no. That's a you, you, that's a no go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You
1: don't want to do that. Uh-huh. I had an episode with Tommy in the outhouse there. That was oh, not a good, snap. yeah, Ooh. yeah, it's not a great time. But I was in episode four, like I was out behind the outhouse taking a leak and I heard, I didn't hear anything. I just happened to glance up and I saw four huge coyote, broad daylight, middle of the day, really? running maybe 30 yards from me, maybe closer along the side of the hill toward me. Oh, Behind uh, twenty yards from the cabin, I took off. I turned around, sprinted back toward the cabin because Tommy was there. Alex was there. I I wasn't positive Tommy was up at the cabin, so I was concerned. It's not a super safe environment. Some of the sometimes. See, you don't get
0: you don't get a lot of that from like. There's definitely not all of that in the episode. This is very interesting how dangerous it is. Did the coyote thing happen? Was that around the same time where Alex was treed in the tree stand? That that was
1: back in, that was another time. That was back in September. No, this would have been in, this was in November, right before Crypticon. In fact, Alex left Minerva and went to Kentucky for Crypticon. So this is that weekend before Crypticon. I wouldn't say it's like, it's not danger. It's Ohio. So there aren't like... Sure. It's not like you've got venomous snakes or stuff like that. Yeah. It's not a place you want to... You don't want to take it lightly. I grew up in the woods in Ohio. My parents' house, the house I grew up in, sat in a neighborhood. It's like a totally neighbor, totally normal, like Simpsons-looking neighborhood. Okay. As a kid, we always joked around that we lived in Springfield. and But behind the house was a forest. And then beyond that forest was a field. And then beyond the field was the Tuscarora River. And then beyond that was forest all the way to Salt Fork. And so as a kid, I grew up playing in those woods and we go in the forest at 10 AM and we were in there until nine at night every day, regardless of the season you don't necessarily mess around in playing around in the woods until all hours of the, of the morning. And e- even in Ohio, it's not a thing you do, but out there in Minerva, there's a different vibe. And, and the coyote and that kind of stuff, that's not something I grew up hmm. around, even though Bolivar's only like 20 minutes from removed from where this cabin is. The town I grew up is 20 minutes away from Minerva, but I did not grow up familiar with coyote and, All manner of large animals. it's a whole
0: different world it sounds and it's only 20 minutes away yeah let's let's switch gears a little bit Mm -hmm. so a lot of people listening are probably like let's talk about the new stuff coming out Mm -hmm. seth what is your top thing you are looking forward to coming out this year
1: it's last frontier just because i've always wanted to go on the trail of bigfoot the last frontier i've always wanted to go to alaska my mom is currently like battling cancer and uh it's terminal and it Mm. will take her out and my as a kid i was homeschooled because my parents owned their own business and we did a ton of travel as a family my life as it stands now is not it's not really different from how i grew up like i travel a lot and i spend an inordinate amount of time around a lot of people in enclosed spaces small spaces and that's pretty common with like how i grew up i grew up in a family of six and we traveled in a pop-up camper for five months out of the year so like this kind of living this isn't weird for me um alaska as a kid was where i always wanted to to go and wow. so I, I did book projects on Alaska and all that kind of stuff. It had nothing to do with Bigfoot. But I I think by the time we go film on the trail of Bigfoot, The Last Frontier, it will be much more real to me. Always wanting to go. It's like a bucket list kind of thing for me. Yep. And I think like just on a personal level, it'll have a huge... Impact. I would say beyond that, American Werewolves is really exciting. Excited for like that I,
0: myself. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think people know what they're in for with it. It's like a an about face from where we are now as a company back to the earliest days of SDM. Oh, with, really? Interesting. With with like stuff like uh, Beast of Whitehall and and Boggy Creek Monster, where it's okay. very much like witness story focused, but without the recreations. And oh, okay. so we're going back to that like earliest days of STM roots without the sort of like us as the storytellers mode that like on the trail of has the other thing about it I I've, I've been rewatching Twin Peaks okay <laughs> and so it has a strong Twin Peaks vibe and actually like I messaged cool. brand, Brandon today and I was like hey dude I hope you're cool with synths because I oh, need that like I, I need I really sometimes. need that. Yeah. yeah, I really need that Twin Peaks kind of like '80s synth oh, vibe man. brought into it. So I'm really excited for, for Twin Peaks. I am. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited for American Werewolves, but I'm most excited to make uh, Last Frontier because
0: you were you you actually went down to uh, land between the lakes area, mm-hmm. Kentucky for for because you're you just shot. Uh, so yeah.
1: We were there a week ago and I think people think we're making some sort of movie about land between the lakes. That's not especially like the massacre story. When people hear land between they the do. lakes, they, they, think, they, about the they massacre. think of this yeah. like this goofy massacre story that I don't think there's any reality to. Okay. Sorry. But no, that's that's really not what we were there for. We were there interviewing actual witnesses who have real stories as opposed to just like yep. secondhand third-hand kind of stuff and again i can't stress enough the work that heather does this is all because of heather like wow stories yeah the stuff great that, that she puts together that's all heather so we interviewed three witnesses down there all three of their stories are really aggressive intense kind of encounters wow uh, two two of them are by far the most aggressive intense encounters we've ever interviewed people about for an SDM movie So I'm excited about that, but it is not the classic kind of lane between the lakes massacre story. That's not what we're doing right now. And that isn't to say that we wouldn't go do a movie about that at some point. But I think you'll see this American Werewolves could become a series of its own because it's very driven by – okay. It's very driven by the witnesses that we're interviewing and what they want to talk about and like how they want to steer the story. It is not, <clears throat> there's no pre plan like we go into it with an idea of what we're going to do, but it's the witnesses that are steering the direction of the story. I Especially like with people here land between the lakes and they think massacre, and that's not totally where this is going yep. But dude, one of the stories like involves a law enforcement officer who got that. involved in a standoff between like Bigfoots and dog men. Shut the heck so, up! I mean, are you kidding I mean me? it's, it's, it's like wild, <laughs> it's amazing, yeah, it's like wild kind of stories, but coming from really believable. Wow. Yeah, so I'm um, hyped for that. So we're really excited about that one. And and yeah, I would say Last Frontier Last Frontier is exciting too because It's going to be, it's going to once again Take Alex and Eli with us on a Shoot and they're going to be doing Beyond the Trail While we're doing On the Trail of And they'll intertwine like we did With Olympic.
0: Which I loved how you guys Did that with Olympic Bigfoot I'm mm-hmm. excited for the Alaska shoot as Well because everyone right now Is like they watched through Alaska Killer Bigfoot on Discovery Plus and to get stm to go up there and say hey here's maybe another look at alaska bigfoot things and uh, that, that it's going to be stellar I'm, I'm excited for that for sure yeah no
1: i and we're going to integrate that into the kickstarter campaign in some interesting ways once we get to the third the uh third stretch goal oh nice but i can't talk too much about that yet we're going to we make it, a it. Goal. look third stretch goal It's going to involve beyond the trail and on the trail of Bigfoot, the last frontier. I love it and on DVD and Blu-ray. So that's all I'll say.
0: That's amazing. And you might even already be there by the time this episode releases. There you go. (laughs) To be honest, (laughs) I'm excited as well. Like I was going back and I listened to the video you guys did in September of last (laughs) year, when you actually announced all the different productions coming out and the different beyond the trails, it's pretty intense. I don't know if that, that has changed at all, but you guys are talking about like a Canyon and Oklahoma mm-hmm. and West Virginia, Kentucky, Vermont.
1: The thing that's changed, you the know. only thing that's changed that I'm aware of is that Bigfoot Project might intrude into that in, to some okay. extent because Bigfoot Project is going to move outside of Minerva. My goal with Bigfoot Project has always been to make it my Beyond the Trail, I guess, like my thing where I can oh, yeah, go sure. to other locations and and explore and do my take on that kind of stuff. I think going forward, we're going we're gonna to do some B- Bigfoot Project slash Beyond the Trail tie-ins where they'll tie into each other. This year is going to get crazy because we have Bigfoot Project. We've got two episodes of Beyond the Trail that'll start coming out per month. Okay. And then <clears throat> beyond that, we'll have on the trail of Bigfoot the Ridge or Bigfoot and the Ridge.
0: Excited for that. Yeah. We
1: start filming that next week. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So wow. so that'll start being a part of what we're doing with YouTube as well. So I don't know, dude. Like mm. if you think about it, people rely so much on network television for their Bigfoot content, especially like the older generation. Yeah, that's true. Like we don't have to do that. There's no reason for us to do that. If we have the means to do what we want to do with this kind of stuff, I think STM is the group to make it happen in a way that appeals to everyone. And we can do what you actually want to do with this content.
0: I will say to anyone's face and any network's face that the content, the Bigfoot (laughs) content you guys are putting out is a thousand times better than anything on any network channel. Insane.
1: Normally I would say like the audience would disagree, but on the trail of Bigfoot, the discovery just destroyed every other documentary in its path for three months (laughs) on Amazon. So like it just dropped off the top 100 documentary lists about a week ago we yeah on the trail of bigfoot the discovery beyond the trail the bigfoot project even some of the older stuff we're doing like minerva monsters still finding an audience which is wild yeah i don't think there's a reason anymore to go to network television for the bigfoot content you're looking for for one thing like a lot of it is very driven by i don't know this is (laughs) this gets weird because i know people who are Uh, involved in this stuff (laughs) but like it gets into areas where that kind of content is very driven by results want that stuff and they're they don't give a crap about let's just fake it if we need to fake it let's just fake it and, oh
0: sure, yeah, like finding Bigfoot stories. How the network yeah, wanted supposedly yeah, fake, uh, yeah. Bigfoot, and Cliff was like, not a chance, you know.
1: Yeah, that's not a that's not an exaggeration. Speaking of Cliff, will be in Minerva with me for the May episode. Yes, of the Bigfoot that is Project.
0: So exciting! Oh he, my, he's goodness.
1: gonna come stay out at the at the cabin with me for two or three days. So we we have that all planned out already, and he's got his plane ticket and everything. So <laughs> could there
0: be a Mott Boys episode, please?
1: There's a Moth Boys episode that's happening. I wanted to get them. So those dudes have, I don't know that they've ever stayed out in the, in that cabin is essentially like a wood tent. The reason I haven't taken a Tommy out there lately is the last time we stayed out there at night, I was waking up with rats in our bed. So like we've stopped, (laughs) we stopped going out there. We've stopped going out there quite as much. Um, my last time the last time we went out there, my dog, we took our dog, my my mini schnauzer, and she ate rad poison, which we didn't realize oh, yeah, was I, I, I in the remember cabin. That, we had yeah. to induce vomiting. It was this disaster. Oh, that's so ugh, shivers. No but man. it is, yeah, it's not it's not like a I don't know. It's tough to say. It it is the most peaceful, it's the most peaceful, relaxing place to be while sure. simultaneously being disgusting and un un like just not fun to be there at times it's a weird environment there mm. in Minerva but i i do want to get the moth boys out there because i want to see how they'll handle like oh. sleeping in a in a oh, freaking cold oh man or or boiling hot cabin in the middle of winter i want to i actually today i was supposed to be out there but the roads here are- oh sure yeah it's you guys snow blown it's ice storm yeah
0: yeah I was like the only place in the U.S. that doesn't that isn't getting a terrible ice storm, which is it's usually backwards. But in our last few minutes, what was it like seeing the Bigfoot during the Bigfoot project? That must have been a just intense.
1: I don't. Or I guess I'm not downplaying it, but it wasn't. Like the night before was intense. The stuff in that first episode where we were, where Heather and I were out in the woods and it seemed like they legitimately surrounded us. That was wild. That was, I don't have an explanation for that. And I I don't understand exactly what was going on. The weirdest thing about that episode is something that isn't even in the episode, which is that one of those things came up behind the cabin. Heather's husband, Corey, was back Mm -hmm. at at the cabin on the porch. The kids were in the cabin watching the iPad. Yeah. And they were in what would be the uh, like sleeping area of the cabin it was my son and one of heather's daughters and then one of her son they were watching the ipad on the bed and apparently like Corey said something walked right up behind the cabin oh wow to, to to the window whoa and he had to scare the thing away my my sighting was quick and abbreviated that my reaction to it and i think i've been as transparent as i can be with how that transpired if you watch the episode and you see the the way i react to it and then you see the way i'm talking about it in the next episode with ed Balant from the Kenton repository and all that yep. kind of stuff that that plays out exactly how it played out in real life that is how yeah i i feel about the situation is look i we were driving by this clearing at 20 miles an hour i saw this hairy upright creature running for like less than two seconds it's crazy i don't know the exact runtime that it was moving i saw it like with my own eyes i don't know what it was i don't know what it was doing there i know it wasn't a person and i know it was really friggin' fast i know they're there i don't understand i don't understand how they're there to me it's not a lot of woods if you look at the area the people i've taken in there when we look at satellite maps this is not a ton of forest like it doesn't make a lot of sense i don't know where they're hiding i don't know what they're doing i don't know where they go like the leaf canopies down right now but we're still getting occasional wood knocks and and sounds they keep their dis their distance though the The difference between the interaction or the the experiences we were having in September when the leaves are on the trees versus now, when the leaves are off the trees, it's really dramatic. The difference. But you go in there now, and and we'll have distant tree knocks, maybe even vocalizations. Right now, are actually common. Like we're getting distant calls and things like that but we don't have what we had in september dude i'm not kidding i've been in in the Washtaws. i've been in the olympic peninsula i've been in the adirondacks i've been in the i've been in the Falk river bottom like i've been in all these places where right. bigfoot is supposed to exist i've never heard i've never experienced the kind of stuff we experience in minerva back in september ever like, I that's it doesn't great. that's so crazy, like yeah. Ju- just the level of activity, the wood knocks, the sounds we would hear. They did not give, they didn't care if you knew they were there. They didn't want you to see them, but they didn't care if you knew they were 20 feet away from you. You'd hear them running, footfalls. There was a night, this isn't in an episode, but there was a night we were out at the cabin just hanging out, eating okay. pizza, yeah, and and you heard clear as day running two feet running down the road toward the cabin and you heard it coming toward the cabin down the road like you could hear it coming and i said to heather are you hearing this and she said yeah and i got i got the cabin out and i started filming or i got the camera out and i started filming nothing ever happened it never got close to the cabin that that night that was the only activity we had but it was clear as day two feet running down the road toward the cabin That's amazing. And it's a it is a wildly active place where right now it's not active. But back in September, I've never experienced anything like that. I hope I hope it wasn't like a one time thing. The thing is
0: about the thing I love about the Bigfoot project is it's, it's a long it's like a wide view of a one location. And you never know. One episode could be like totally just chock full of bigfoot evidence and the next one like a place is not going to be nuts all the time and it's just it's like a extended view at one location which i love that it's it makes for a enjoyable time to watch believe it or not it, it is getting close to the end of our hour to get together, Seth. Mm-hmm. it's fun to have you on everyone listening if you haven't yet uh, and i'll have the links in the show notes definitely go over to the small town monsters kickstarter there's amazing even more amazing rewards this year we've got the uh we got enamel pin a shirt and a hoodie by jonathan dodd all sorts of other stuff too you can get your film in the credits or your name in the film credits so definitely sign up there also check out if you go to i'm literally plugging your stuff for you seth that's how much i love it i'm not even kidding if you go to the youtube channel for your small town monsters join the channel you can get all the like awesome 4k stuff which i love but what else? How else can people follow you guys at Small Town Monsters besides that, Seth?
1: The newsletter we've yeah we've, yeah we have a, a newsletter that comes out regularly. So if you go on the website, you can sign up for that. Okay, and those are coming out like once or twice a week, and those will keep you. Like probably much more up to date than our other stuff. There's going to be a ton of travel this year and we are doing events. So I know I'm going to be at the, uh, there's a Louisiana Bigfoot film festival. Oh, really? Wow. That I've been invited to be a part of. And that's actually coming up next month. So I'm going to be down there screening Howl of the Rougarou in Shreveport. Skinwalker colon. Excited about. Howl yeah, Skinwalker Roo. colon. How of the Rougarou. I've always wanted to say that. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do a Skinwalker colon. We're doing another Skinwalker colon. Something no. or other. Probably in 2023. Um, So there's more planned for Skinwalker colon. Skinwalker
0: colon ranch adventures.
1: Yeah. There's more That's coming. So there's a lot, dude. Wow. We don't. We're pulling back on the number of events we do. That Shreveport thing is one of our events. A Mothman Festival what else fingers
0: crossed
1: yeah uh right, crypticon um, you guys are cryptid, going to be out, right crypticon yeah. we plan to have a big presence there cryptid bash the market so so yeah go so in so morgantown bad. we're gonna yeah. be there wild and weird west virginia cool. we're gonna be there okay i think that's it like nice. we're, we're pulling back on the number of events we're doing but we're making up for it hopefully in the amount of content we're putting out there's just a constant stream of stuff coming out from us
0: oh man Seth, uh, thank you again so much for coming on. Uh, You're going to be hanging out for a little bit longer. We're going to see, got some extra questions for you. And we may have some uh, Patreon members come in and hang out with us, ask them questions. But it'll be an extra interview if you want to hear that. You can join the Bigfoot Society Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Helps us keep the lights on at the podcast. But thanks so much for coming on, Seth.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bigfoot Society podcast. Please take a few minutes to review the show on iTunes five stars as it does help us get into the eyes and ears of more listeners on iTunes. Uh, That will help us just get bigger and bigger and get even better quality guests for future shows. Uh, Also, if you have any Bigfoot encounters or cryptid encounters, please send your stories and uh, audio and photos, whatever you've got, over to Bigfoot Society at gmail.com. If you'd like to become more involved with Bigfoot Society and get some extra content, we do have a Patreon. Uh, where you can get all sorts of cool things for example for seven dollars a month you get extra bigfoot society content uh, usually interviews but other things as well you get a sweet membership card and a vinyl sticker that i send to you in the mail you get access to the bigfoot society after show which is an extra interview after the main interview with the weekly guest and usually they are up for uh, patreon members to be in that extra show segment with them and me and you get to ask your uh, question live to them and get an answer from the guest which as you've seen what guest we've had in the past this could be a really big deal there's also a private discord where you can get involved with uh, talking to me one-on-one and the community there and that's always a great time You can find the Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. We're very thankful for all our supporters that we have in so many different ways and appreciate uh, all our listeners coming back week after week to listen to more cryptozoology-based interviews. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.